Hi there. Uh, good morning if you're watching in the morning. Uh, happy Sunday if you're watching on a Sunday. Whenever you are listening to this, I just want to say it's great to be able to be with you. I wish I could be with you in person. Of course I do. Uh, but I'm grateful to God for technology, which at least does allow this. And I bring you greetings from here in the highlands of Scotland, speaking to you as I am from my study. I want to share a few thoughts with you uh, this morning uh, based on a passage of scripture which I encourage you to follow along with me and which you will find in the first book of Kings and chapter 17 and I'm going to read some verses starting from the beginning of that chapter and it's uh, the story of uh, the prophet Elijah uh, and a drought and what we're going to look at this morning is what does it mean for me, what does it mean for you to learn to drink deeply in a time of drought? How can we drink deeply in a time of drought? Because I think the reality is, if we're honest and we don't super spiritualize everything, the reality is that for nearly 10 months now, we as a nation and indeed uh, the pandemic across the globe has caused droughts to hit us of one form or another. And I can guarantee you that this morning you will be facing somewhere in your life and experience a drought. It might be that you feel like you've run dry when it comes to patience. When will all of this end oh god it might be that you feel that you're running out of steam you're running out of energy you maybe for you you're running out of hope that the, that the skies are gray and cloudy and you can't see the glimmer of the sunlight through that or perhaps over these last few months you feel like you're running to out at the end of your of your own strength not in itself a bad thing but not a comfortable thing Perhaps you're feeling the drought of relationships. You can't see people, be with people, meet people, wine and dine people, hug people. Maybe for some of us we feel face a very real drought when it comes to putting food on the table or jobs would have gone or were furloughed. Or, and so the, the drought for us is, is, is finances which have just simply dried up. Or maybe your prayers seem to be bouncing off the ceiling of heaven as though heaven were as brass and, and you feel dry when it comes to prayer or answered prayer. Every single one of us is or has faced in these last few months a drought. How can we learn to drink deep in a drought? Let's read some verses from 1 Kings chapter 17 and I'll try to draw from those five keys that I found to be useful as I've studied this scripture and I've, as I have wrestled like you through this time. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Some time later, 
the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that way we may eat it and then die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. A remarkable, if somewhat wacky story, this little section of scripture is full of wacky stories. Get your head and your heart into it. I've been in this section of scripture now for quite a long time. Five keys to learning to drink deep in a time of drought. The first thing that struck me in this story, we find there in verse 7. Uh, you see, Elijah, the story starts off with a drought, which is actually being caused at Elijah's own words. So he's actually suffering the consequences of his own prophetic proclamation. And I guess there's something even there for us to learn, isn't there? That we, we must be careful that if we feel dry, if we feel parched, if we feel in an arid place, that actually it's not of our own positioning and it's not of our own making. But the story starts at this place called Cherith, the Cherith Ravine. Now, Cherith or Cherith is actually, it's a, it's a girl's name. And it's, it's, a, it's a name which means the place of many waters or the place of abundance. So the story starts with Elijah in a place of, of waters, in a drought, in a place of abundance and of provision. And for two years, he stays there and he enjoys the miraculous provision of God. I say enjoys, I mean it's a provision of God with meat through ravens, so I'm no doubt it was dotted with a bit of raven spit every now and then, but nonetheless God provides for Elijah in this remarkable time. But as we start the story, two years in and the brook dries up, of course it does because there's a famine in the land. And now Elijah has to leave behind Cherith or Cherith, the place of abundance, the place of waters, the place where God has fed him almost passively. He has to leave behind what he has known. He has to leave his comfort zones and the place of his previous provision. And he has to go for the new challenge in the new place. 
And I think in a time of drought, that's the first key to drinking deep. We must be prepared to leave behind that which we have known. We must be prepared to leave our comfort zones. We cannot dwell any longer in passive provision, but we must up stakes and up sticks and forge forward into the new, even when we're not sure what that new looks like. We must leave our comfort zones. We must leave behind the comfort of old provisions, but also even the comfort of old problems, you know, the, 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 the raven spittle, if you like. We, we can grow safe and secure in the problems that we did know because we don't want to trade them for the problems that we don't know. But if we're to drink deep in a drought, we must leave behind our comfort zones because this is for sure. What once worked then will not work now. And we live in such times. The second thing that struck me, and the second key, I think, is in the very next verse, in verse 8. In verse 8, it says this, The word of the Lord came to him, and into verse 9, go at once to Zarephath. Now, Zarephath is another Hebrew word with a, with a meaning, as most Hebrew words have. And Zarephath means the place of burning, the place of fire, the place of refining, if you like. It's, it's not a place which is a place full of provision and comfort. It's a place which is a lot edgier than that. And not only that, but this place, this is where the, the king, uh, Jezebel's father, rules. Uh, and it's a dangerous place. It's actually a dangerous journey to get there. It's about a 90-mile walk through desert terrain and mountain regions full of robbers. And, and this is a dangerous journey that Elijah is called to embark upon. And it's, he's going to a place of, of refining, of burning, of testing. And yet, what do we read in verse 8? The word of the Lord came to him. For us now, the word of the Lord is not just the written word of the Lord or the prophetic word of the Lord, but the supreme word of the Lord is Jesus, the word made flesh. Emmanuel, we've just celebrated the season. God with us. And God is kind. When he calls us out of our comfort zones to embark on a dangerous journey to a place that is not so familiar nor so safe, God is with us and God is kind to us. And I love the speed of Elijah's response. Go at once. And so he does. And perhaps you could say that a mark of our growing maturity is the speed of our response to the word of God. So something about heading for the testing times and yet knowing that God is kind and God is with us. The third thing that stands out to me from this wacky little passage again is in the very next verse, verse 9. What does God say about Zarephath of Sidon? He says this, I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. One of the very names of God, 
and and we all know don't we that in scripture both old testament in the hebrew new testament in the greek that names have huge meaning names usually denote destiny and character and one of the very names of god that denotes his character and his choice of destiny for us is jehovah jireh the god who provides so not only is god emmanuel god with us verse 8 but in verse 9 he's jehovah jireh he is the god who provides for us not only provides for us but precedes us the widow's already there when he, when elijah gets there and gets to the town she's there already he meets her it's not difficult the provision of God is set up. God has preceded Elijah and God has provided for Elijah. And I don't want to minimise the devastating effects of pandemic across the world and across our nation, across our friends and our families, our relationships, across our, jo- our jobs and our, our call, our ministry, our churches, our neighbourhood, uh, our finances. I, I'm, of course I don't want to minimise any of that. And yet I do know this, God is enduringly and consistently kind and his love endures forever and his provision is unshakable when everything else is being shaken. And certainly that's my testimony as I've seen God redeem such a terrible time as this global pandemic. I have seen the gleaming sunlight through the dark and grey skies. I've seen the provision of God. If you like the meat dropped from the sky by the ravens. I've seen God provide again and again. As the bottom dropped out of my diary at the beginning of lockdown March last year. And all of my finances <laughs> slumped away. I have seen God's miraculous provision. God precedes us, goes before us, and he provides for us in remarkable ways and in many and many little ways as well. And we should rejoice over both the dramatic and the little provision of God. The next thing that struck me in this passage, so the the fourth of five keys i think if we are to learn and learn we must in these times to drink deep in a time of drought is to leave our comfort zones behind even even the security of the old problems and exchange them for the new challenges we must in obedience move as swiftly as we can to the word of god and head for the place even if it's difficult and dangerous of trial and testing and yet find that god is kind and god is with us we must look for and then rejoice in the provision of the god who precedes us goes ahead of us but there's something else in here as well a fourth key i think to drinking deep and that's to be found in the next verse in verse 10 so he went to Zarephath it says there and when he came to the town gate a widow was there gathering sticks and he calls her and asks would you bring me a little water in a jar so many echoes here this is the this is the man of God this is the prophet of God who speaks the word of God and it happens this is this is a man with great 
Sway and Kudos, who's recognised, the woman recognises him as a man of God. And yet, what does he do? There's echoes, aren't there? There's echoes into the New Testament. John chapter 4, Jesus, the Son of God, tired and weary at noon in the heat of the day by a well, and yet humbles himself and asks a woman there if she would give him a drink. And I think that's the fourth key, if we're to learn to drink deep in a time of drought, is we must humble ourselves. We mustn't become obdurate and stubborn and stiff-necked and dig our heels in and in our own strength seek to push through or break through or pretend and be super spiritual. We must be real, we must be authentic, and we must humble ourselves at our time of need. And we must look to find God in the unexpected places. For goodness sake, this is a widow. It's a woman for a start off. And exegetically in this in this time, at this, you wouldn't even speak to a woman in public like that, not if you were a man. And she's a widow. She hasn't got much. She's picking up sticks off the ground. But Elijah recognises the provision of God, even in the unexpected places. And he finds God in the unexpected places and humbles himself in order to receive from God, but also from this woman. You know, it's as we receive from others very often that we earn the right to be able to be a blessing back to them and to give back to them, perhaps more than they've ever been able to give to us if we know Christ and his love and mercy and forgiveness. And so he humbles himself and he receives from her. And I think that's the fourth key of drinking deep in a drought. The last thing I wanted to share with you from this passage is there just skipping just a few verses uh, into verse 13. It's remarkable. It's easy to read. Difficult to have done, I would have thought. Remarkable what Elijah asks of this woman. Well, well, why don't you go home? Why don't you make the bread that you were going to for your son? But before you and he eat, why don't you come back and bring me some? Why don't you give to me before you get yourself? And I think that's perhaps the fifth key of learning to drink deep in a drought. When you feel like everything has dried up, gone dry and dusty and arid and bare on you, whether that's faith or hope or strength or finances or friendships or whatever it is, that actually a key in this is to give before you get back. And this woman sees it. She does exactly what Elijah has asked her to do. This is about honouring God and obeying God and recognising God first and putting him first in everything above everything else. And actually, the woman acts before she appropriates. She gives before she gets. She feeds before she is fed. Perhaps the echo here again, right through scripture, is the principle of taking the little bit that you've got, allowing God to break it, and then multiplying it into more. 
you might think about John chapter 6 and the feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes from a little lad. Taking the little, thanking God for it, breaking it, giving it back, and then seeing it supernaturally multiplied to feed many. Drinking deep in a drought is perhaps supremely about giving everything that you've got and then some that you think you haven't got and putting God first and then as you are a blessing finding that you yourself will be blessed because that is the nature of our God and so perhaps a time like no other this is a time for us to give all of it and not a bit of it perhaps like a time like no other when you feel the most helpless perhaps this is the time to help others perhaps at a time when we might feel the most hopeless this is a time to extend hope to others because scripture says from hope faith springs perhaps at a time when you feel I've run out of steam and energy God where are you in all of this and you feel at your most most faithless perhaps this is a time above any other time to cling on to faith in the God who is unfailingly faithful his faithfulness not your faith perhaps like no other this is a time that when we reach the end of ourselves and we run dry in a time of drought that we find that at the end of ourselves is the beginning of God and so this morning as I close if God has spoken to you in some small way from these verses of his word that I've shared with you that have been alive to me in recent weeks and months if he has spoken to you let me just mention three quick things Maybe you find yourself in need for, for boldness, for the courage to step out and leave what was familiar but works no longer, to leave behind your comfort zones, including the security of the known problems, and to risk it for a biscuit, face the difficult journey, embrace the place of testing, but find that God has preceded you. Perhaps for you, the second thing is that you really, really need to see God proceed and provide. You need provision in your emotions. You need provision in your relationships. Maybe you need provision for food on the table, for finance, to live. Maybe you need provision of answered prayer. And that's your need this morning, to come to God with your need for his preceding you and providing for you. Or thirdly, Perhaps this morning, let's be real. You come to the end of yourself. But could it just be that in the end of yourself is the beginning of God? And my prayer for you this morning and, and in your church meeting on, on Zoom, and however you're doing this, perhaps you will find the opportunity just to type a prayer request or to uh, unmute and ask for prayer. But, but to see that God would meet with you. That's my prayer for you this morning. If you need boldness to leave your comfort zones behind, if you need to know here, not just here, that God precedes you and to find his provision, if 
you know you've come to the end of yourself, my prayer would be that in the end of yourself, for you, is the beginning of God. Jesus, please meet with these people in this church, in that way, at this time of drought, and teach us, we pray, to drink deep in a drought for your great glory and for our good because you love us and that we might in turn love others blessed to be a blessing we ask it together in Jesus name Amen God bless you